0: Hello everyone and welcome to our first edition of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour 2020-2021 season, the virtual style. So we want to say a big shout out and a big thank you to everyone who's come out to the 19th hole to watch our show. We're going to do this this way every Tuesday. Stay right on the same schedule, 6-7. to And then for those of you who are tuned in on Fox Sports Wheeling, that's going to be every Wednesday evening. So... Here we are, our first show. My guests are, I figured it would be good to start with two guys who have been around the wheeling and have, have known this community pretty well. It's forward Brad Drobot and forward Ryan Scarfo. Guys, thanks so much. You guys are coming to me from your apartment, so this has worked out pretty well. I appreciate you doing this today.
1: Yeah, thanks, each Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, same here, Deech. Looking forward to it. Alright, so let's give everybody kind of a synopsis of where we are. We're ten games into the season. Naylor's currently sitting at two five and three. Got the first road win of the season last week in Greenville. That was actually Ryan's season debut, which he scored in that game. And coming up this week, the team will play a couple of road games on Friday and Saturday, both against the Indy Fuel at seven oh five, before returning home to take on South Carolina, the twenty-second, twenty-third, and twenty-fourth all. Seven ten on friday and saturday and four ten on sunday so ryan i'll start with you right out of the gate making your season debut after a long stretch of time off how tricky was that for you to get up to game speed what kind of obstacles did you run into as you were trying to get ready to start back up
2: uh yeah i think it was a little bit of an adjustment for sure uh just with the the length of time off and not having any kind of game like situations uh in terms of, you know, the the conditioning and stuff, I actually felt pretty good uh, for the most part. Um, you know, you can train back home and everything, but I think the big, the big thing was just kind of the timing, uh, being in the right spots and, you know, putting yourself in those game-like situations. So, uh, overall, I actually thought, you know, it wasn't too bad and better than I expected, so I was happy with that.
0: Yeah, you and I had talked when you first got here, and I always talk about how I feel like speed and timing are two of the biggest factors for guys to get back into the flow of things but explain that whole game situation and what you kind of mean by that because I thought you used a really good example when you were talking to me the other week
2: yeah I mean I think it's uh no matter how hard you train all summer um you know you're not in those situations where you're you're giving a hit or taking a hit or um you know battling for a puck in the corner and then skating down the ice and, and playing defense and, and things like that. Um, a lot of times I think you're working on your skills and, and you're skating in the summer um, and, you know, you just can't replicate those game like situations. So that would probably be, uh, I guess, my explanation on that.
0: Brad, let me throw this question at you. Everything dispersed in March and obviously everything happened extremely quickly if I were to tell you that you would be sitting here in January and Ryan Scarfo was going to be your only teammate from last season and that you two would be back here together what would you have told me 10 months ago Oh yeah DJ I, yeah
1: I I would have been laughing cuz we didn't really know what uh what was going to happen we didn't know if we were going to even be able to play let alone uh, let alone have an entire new roster so uh it's good to see one familiar face back in Scarfy, and
0: uh, yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been good, and we're very grateful that we get to be here. How did you go about that extended off season, getting yourself into game shape, both in terms of your hockey skills? And let's call things as we see it. You're a tough guy, so you've got to have some way to try and practice that part of your game, even though you're extremely good at it to begin with
1: yeah with uh, with the conditioning it was it was kind of status quo for me um uh i was fortunate enough i live in a, a complex that has uh, has a gym so um i i kept up with that i i ran quite a bit which was something new that i incorporated this year i i didn't skate as much and i and i ran a lot more than i normally do um with the fighting i i you know, I work security so uh it's it kinda goes hand in hand there. I, I keep my uh I keep my knuckles pretty fresh in the summer as well. So and you know, a little bit of boxing
0: every now and then, keep it uh you know, just trying to keep on my toes that way. You didn't have a chance to work much security this summer though, did you? Or did you still get to even with all the different rules in place?
1: Uh it was uh for the nightclub industry, which I normally am involved in um that that was obviously uh not happening. I was fortunate enough that i I found a little dive bar that uh that I got on at and um you know it was basically just controlling numbers and that kind of stuff it was uh it was a lot different than uh the fast paced nightclub but uh yeah
0: no it was uh i got to work fortunately I got
1: to work pretty much all the way through it.
0: Let's talk about the processes on how both of you ended up getting here once again. And kind of funny, a little bit of different paths for the two of you, Brad. I mean, you were here both years under Bavis, so a new coach in Mark French in the off season. What was that dialect like? How did that all come together? And obviously happened pretty quickly that, I, mean, I know you wanted to be back here in the worst way, and clearly he wanted you back here as well.
1: Yeah, I was, again... Super fortunate. Uh, Mark reached out to me when, as soon as he got the job, and and kind of said he heard good things. He, uh, you know, he wanted a guy in my role, and he wanted a, a leader, and he wanted a guy that was familiar with the city as well. And um, so it kind of just it fell into my lap that way, which was really nice. I was super excited. Uh, there was a few of us that had signed, but obviously things had changed. So uh, yeah, it was it was refreshing, and and Mark's been outstanding, and. You know he's he's kind of like giving me the reins to take that leadership role on, and uh, you know that was something that I really needed to do in this this junction of my career. So uh, yeah, it's been it was really good, really good, very lucky.
0: For Ryan, you were coming off of an AHL contract last year. There was a lot of uncertainty until probably about a week or so ago about what the AHL was going to do. So you become a free agent. First thing you do is sign with Reading. Then. Their season. Come on, gets... You can't be
2: telling people that.
0: <laughs> hey, it it got <laughs> uh, it got publicized. It's not. It wasn't a secret. <laughs> I know their arrival and everything. Um, but you signed with Reading first, and then they opt out. So back you go into the free agent world. How stressful was that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd like to say I wasn't stressed, but I I
2: certainly was, and I think it was just. But I don't think I was alone in that sense. I think there's. A lot of guys and there still are guys uh, that feel that way so you know it it's not always a reflection of you as a player or person it's just kind of the the unfortunate uh, side of what's going on right now Uh, and as Brad attested to it's I just feel really lucky that I was able to find a home Um, it was kind of a whirlwind you know finding a situation in Reading and thinking it was going to be a good situation there Uh, and then you know a couple weeks later you're back to square one so uh, highs and lows, but I honestly just try to tell myself that um you know I'll find a spot somewhere and and I'll land on my feet at some point. Um and so I just try to keep believing in myself and I was lucky enough to get a call from Mark and you know, a couple of days later I'm I'm in wheeling. So uh like I said, just just really happy to be back playing and, and certainly like Brad said, very lucky to have a job right
0: now. Like you mentioned, Mark reached out to you. Sometimes that's how it goes. Sometimes you guys are reaching out. Do you notice it's kind of more of an even balance of them reaching out to you, you reaching out to them? Like, What do you notice in terms of how that free agency or that signing process works during the summer? Um,
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both, I guess. Uh, I know in my situation, um, I have my agent that kind of handles that stuff, and so it would be more maybe them reaching out or uh teams calling them um you know in this case i know mark had called my agent and then i spoke with him myself as well so i think in that sense it was nice because you know he was calling to ask about me and um it's not a situation where you're begging to get on a team it's you know somebody that wants you and so i've always said you know in my life you want to go where you wanted and if somebody likes you that's that's probably a good spot for you so it ended up working out pretty well in that sense
0: Brad, you mentioned that you have that leadership role and the fans talk about this a lot and I know sometimes it can be a little bit touchy at times but you're sometimes in the lineup, you're sometimes out of the lineup how tricky is that to balance but at the same time, how important is it for you to really show especially with such a young team how much of a leader you can be and how much, how important this team really means to you and to the organization?
1: yeah it's it's uh it's always tough trying to balance that i've kind of done it my whole career i've i've been i've been doing this doing the fighting thing and being in and out of the lineup for uh for about eight years pro now so um i always take it with a smile i always take it as a challenge i always try and get better and and the young guys you know i i just want to see them you know that they know that i'm i'm humble and i'm very grateful to be here regardless of if I'm in the lineup or out of the lineup, I'm, I'm always going to have a smile on my face. I'm always going to, you know, make sure that uh, I'm working hard at the rink and and doing the right things. And that's, you know, just another thing that some of the young guys can look at and say, if, if, if Brad can do it at 31 and show up to the rink and, and, you know, work hard and maybe not be in the lineup that weekend and, and still stick with it, then there's no reason why they can't do it. So just kind of lead by example in that sense.
0: All new faces this year, going from last year to this year, what have you noticed watching and playing in the first 10 games that is different better with not only the team, but the league as a whole?
1: Oh, this is, this is, uh, the best hockey that I've been a part of since my, my professional career. I think, um, having the four lines as well, just keeps the energy, uh, consistent. Even the three and threes, you're still going to get the best game out of teams on Sundays. So, um, yeah, the the skill level obviously go, it goes through the roof every year. These these young guys are so talented, and they come from these prestigious programs where it's hockey, hockey, hockey. So the the league's gotten a lot better, and you know what we've set we've set ourselves up to have a, a really successful uh, little you know quarter here because there's going to be a lot of teams that are losing American League guys, and and uh, we're not in that situation. We have a lot of East Coast contracts, so I think uh, I think we're in a really really good spot with a really talented group here.
0: Ryan, I don't know if you had a chance to look at the schedule that we played before you got here, but we see a lot of the Indy Fuel, and we're going to see a lot more of the Indy Fuel and probably the Fort Wayne Comets when they get added into the bunch here. Do you like getting to establish those rivalries in a big way and really try and build something up, or do you get tired of each other really quick?
2: Well, I I would say... Uh both uh, I think I think it's great to have the rivalry and I think you get tired of each other really quick as well um, but to be honest with you I think that's the best part about sports is building those rivals and um, you know having those those battles with whether it be one guy two guys on the other team that you're really going at it with I think it's just kind of one of the better parts about sports and um, you know makes for just exciting competition uh, throughout the entire season So. Obviously given the circumstances, um, you know, you don't really have a lot of options and that's just kind of the way it is. But um you know, my my thing is just I'm just glad that we're we're playing hockey and we get to do what we like to do and you know there's a lot of people that don't get to do that right now. So um I'm sure Brad would probably agree with me on that, that it doesn't really matter who we're playing. Uh it's just nice that we are playing. So
0: I was talking with my broadcast partner Isaac and I said, I feel like in the NHL this is probably a good thing that the teams are playing each other a lot more. Not to say that I'm sure fans in Pittsburgh like to see when Anaheim comes into town or whatever, but I feel like there's a chance to have more games with more meaning. Do you guys like that too? You
1: go ahead. Scarfield. Oh. Um
2: yeah, I mean I I like it and, you know, even in terms of just looking at like the NHL, I think it's really cool that there's a, a new alignment like the the all canadian division is pretty cool where you get to see some different rivalries and some different teams that you know would m- normally maybe only play each other twice and now it's 10 12 times um you know I know Brad and I talked the other day about uh the battle of alberta how it's I think what 10 12 something times like that uh so it's just it's kind of cool to see something different and um you know you get those rivalries and it's it's definitely exciting
0: yeah, Brad, that battle of Alberta is going to be super intense this year, huh? Oh yeah, that'll—you won't want to miss those
1: games, I don't think. Especially, uh, especially with Kachuk and Cassian, and they, I know they had a billboard in Calgary with Cassian on it and eating a cheeseburger or something. So it's
0: <laughs> it's quite a rodeo over there. So it'll be—you uh, don't want to miss those games. I'm telling you that. That's awesome. That does it for segment number one of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour. We'll come back with Brad and Ryan and talk about what they did this summer and what they're doing this year in Wheeling that might be a little bit different than in previous years. This is the Nailers Broadcast Network presented by Main Street Bank. Welcome back to the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour. And to those of you watching at the 19th hole, we appreciate it. Can't wait to see everybody back at West Banko Arena on January 22nd, 23rd, and 24th as the Nailers will take on the South Carolina Stingrays. Our first Power Hour of the season with Brad Drobot and Ryan Scarfo. And guys, let's talk a little bit about the offseason. And Brad, I'm going to start with you because I saw an interview that you did with Megan and it looked like you had not been inside of a barber shop for a very long time and i think you said something <laughs> along the lines of you have your go to person and you're not going to go anywhere besides that person to get you to look the way you do oh yeah yeah
1: i got i got my guy back home and uh i don't really i don't mess with people by going near my going near my neck with a razor unless i know him pretty good but yeah, my buddy, his uh, his shop was shut down, so I I let the beard grow out and the hair go for a while, and and it was getting a little bit, it was getting a little bit crazy. So uh, when he finally opened up, I uh, I went and got a trim.
0: Was that one of the most frustrating parts of the whole quarantine situation for you? Oh yeah, it was just. Well, I'm a, I'm a
1: social guy too. Like I I need to go out and and be around people, and you know you know I've spent my my fair share of time having a beer at every bar in town, so. It was, uh, it was tough to be locked down, but uh, I was fortunate. I got to spend it with my family for the first, uh, the first few weeks before I moved out. So, uh, you know, I got to catch up with my folks and all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was kind of nice to, uh, to, to get that.
0: More family time than you're probably used to. Ryan, what about for you? What was one of the most challenging parts of the quarantine, but also was there a positive that you could find out of it?
2: yeah i would uh kind of go along the lines of what brad said i think the uh the challenge is just you know having that freedom to get out and see your buddies or just go grab a drink at at a uh you know a bar or lunch or whatever the case may be and um you know obviously things are pretty strict at the beginning so it's just i'm a I'm a kind of guy that I like to get out and do stuff I don't really like sitting in the house all day um just drives me crazy so that was probably the, the biggest challenge. Uh, and on the flip side for the positives, uh, you know, we wouldn't normally be home that long. So you, you get that time with your family and your parents, um, that you don't usually have. So that's always nice to, to kind of enjoy some time with them. And uh, I know for me personally, like, uh, me and my parents cooked a, a ton of meals together, had, had dinner every night. Um, was home with my dog and everything. So those are all good things. And, uh, you know, like I said, you, you don't usually get it that time. So you just have to enjoy it the best you can.
0: I feel like TV and telephone are probably going to be two of the areas that we'll focus on a lot that kept a lot of people occupied. Did you guys get a chance to go do anything outside, you know, take a walk? Uh, I don't know what the restrictions were like as far as how much you guys could skate during the summer. What did the physical activities look like? Who wants to start? Brad?
1: Go ahead, Scarfy.
2: Um, yeah. So for me, I guess I would I would get outside uh, pretty much every day if I could, uh, and I I have my dog at home, so we we could walk uh around the neighborhood and stuff, and that that was no issue at all. So I actually kind of enjoyed getting out. I think that was that was good for the mind just to get some fresh air and things like that. Or sometimes I would just do a workout outside. Um, I didn't didn't go to the gym uh just because of the restrictions and stuff so it was kind of using what you had type of thing um and i didn't skate for for quite a while actually i mean the rinks were shut down at first and you know even when they started to open up i I just kind of waited because i didn't know uh you know what time this the season was going to start so you you don't want to get on the ice too too early uh otherwise you're you're pretty much burnt out by the time you get to the season so
0: Red,
1: yeah that's that was kind of the toughest part like like Scarfie said there it was trying to time everything i know like a lot of guys want to want to take advantage of the rest but you don't want to come into camp you know out of shape or anything like that so the hardest part was just trying to sort out the uh, the timing of you know your training regimen when you're going to really start you know hitting your stride because we didn't really know what was going to happen at that at that situation and you know even some of i know myself i didn't really believe if it was going to happen or not regardless of what people were saying so you know that that was probably the hardest part but uh yeah in in calgary went back home um i i i spent quite a bit of time outside and i got out to the mountains and all that kind of stuff I'm, i'm right in the rockies there so i was fortunate enough that uh that i got to spend a lot of time outdoors so that was nice
0: the NHL had its playoff bubble in Edmonton. One of them being that you were in the same province, did you ever have any curiosity to go down to Edmonton and kind of see what it looked like? Did you have a familiarity with Edmonton before? And just kind of an idea of what the players were experiencing?
1: Yeah, I know. Well, I'm a Calgary guy through and through, so I know Edmonton's an absolute dump. So I felt bad for the, (laughs) the... I felt bad for them being up there, but, uh, yeah, no, I I uh I their their new arenas uh beautiful there in Edmonton and um Alberta did a really good job uh for the lockdown and we're we're one of the, we're one of the more um conservative provinces, I guess you could say. So uh yeah, we were just trumping at the bit to try and get hockey going. We we were going to do whatever it took in Alberta to get some hockey on TV, so
0: ended up working out well. Scarf, what was it like to watch Sox games this summer? Not that they were any good to watch anyways, but with no fans (laughs) at Fenway. That had to be bizarre. Yeah, uh, to be
2: honest, I didn't really watch a lot, uh, large in part because they weren't very good, and uh, it certainly just wasn't as exciting. Um, And going back to kind of, you know, the challenges of the pandemic, it's, uh, you know, for us, sports is such a big part of our life, but I know you know even outside of me actually playing like I love watching professional sports and it's always been something fun for me so to not have access to you know go to a Sox game with your buddies or whatever it be I don't know for Patriots game whatever any kind of sporting event um, it was it was just different and I know for me it's a big part of my life and and that was a, a huge piece missing.
0: We're spoiled, so we can kind of pick and choose. Like, if the team's terrible, we don't really have to watch it. So, all right, tough subject here. Brady goes to the Bucks, So, obviously, the Pats didn't have a great year. They're all said and done. Have you jumped on the Tampa bandwagon for the playoffs? What's your feeling right now?
2: Uh, I I guess I would say a little bit, yeah. I mean, I was kind of rooting for the Bucks all year because they're in the other division, so uh, it wasn't necessarily rooting against the Patriots but um I think I'll just always be a Tom Brady fan uh even though he he left or whatever you know he he gave I'll say he gave me 20 good years of, of football in New England and six Super Bowls and you know a lot of good memories with my friends and family so I could never not like the guy um but yeah I would I would love to see him win again even somewhere else and just just prove that he can win in another place
0: Brad, I know you're a Canadian guy, you guys get the CFL up there, but is there a lure to you guys in watching the NFL and starting to get into that a little bit now as the playoffs get heated up?
1: Yeah, well it's you know, I, I was happy to see Cleveland. I like the underdog story, so uh I know being a Pittsburgh guy and we're supposed to be on that wagon, uh, it was still cool to see. <laughs> Uh, Cleveland do that, but uh, yeah, no, I, you know, there's nothing better than the CFL. It's minus fifty. You, there's incomplete <laughs> passes everywhere. Like it's a disaster. It's more of like just a train wreck. There's to watch, field goal so. post in the middle of the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm a true blue CFL fan. Like you go to Winnipeg and you want to know football players that love the game when they're making forty grand Canadian playing minus sixty in Winnipeg, like. Those guys love yeah.
0: the game. <laughs> <laughs> love the game. Do they not get enough credit? Like, I feel like everybody, all the NFL is the greatest league, and I'm not going to take anything away from the NFL, but like you said, you've got to have some serious guts to be playing, like you said, in Winnipeg in winter. Like, that's got to be really tough.
1: Oh, yeah. It's all, out, it's all outdoor stadiums, too, and, and the fans are passionate as hell in, in those prairie towns, man. Like, you have a bad night i don't even think you want to leave your house but uh <laughs> it's uh they're they're super passionate you know you get into the rough riders fans and in saskatchewan there those prairie towns are pretty wild but uh you know a lot of those guys come from division 1 football and good programs and stuff they just maybe couldn't fit into the nfl you know or or are trying to compete to get on the practice squad in the nfl and and it's a way for guys to to keep playing football even though the game's totally different the field's bigger and, and more players and so it's it's still it's a it's a nice little place for guys can settle in
0: you mentioned the fan support too are they just into everything up there or is there really just kind of a, an ownership if it's if it's their own league that they really get fired up for it yeah, well,
1: when you get into Saskatchewan, there's nothing to do. And if somebody lets you watch football, like it's either you're farming or you're watching football. So yeah. <laughs> you're either chasing golfers and cows around or you get to watch a football game. So they're, I think they're uh, they're just – they are super passionate, you know. And like Jets fans too, like, you know, I, I think it was Brian Burke that had a really good quote, and he said, every year as a GM, players would submit their no trade – um, teams that they didn't want to go to. It was always the Canadian teams for taxes. But um, he always said, like you know, it's it's Canada's game, and you'll never play in a market like that. And that's kind of the CFL too. It's just super passionate.
0: We're gonna get into more of your summer activities during the next segment, but I want to talk to you guys about being back here in Wheeling and what's some of the biggest differences that you notice this season as opposed to last season in what you're able to do who you're able to see and is it is it a little bit frustrating but at the same time like you guys have said you're happy to be playing scar if you want to start yeah 100 um
2: it's it's obviously different but i think you know at this point i look at it as we've we've been in this thing for almost a year now and you kind of just learn to live with it but um, you know, when I compare it to being at home where you feel like sometimes you don't really have a purpose, you, you're you just kind of sitting there, you're not playing, and now you at least get to be with a bunch of guys and you're all in it together um, and you get to do what you, lo- what you love every day. So um, seeing people and doing stuff outside of the rink, it's, yeah, it would be nice, but um, at the end of the day, I think just getting to play hockey and, like I said, being with guys that are, that are sharing that, that love for for hockey with you it's you know you can't really ask for much more
0: is that interaction with the the people the thing that you probably miss the most uh yeah I mean I think
2: uh doing things in the community um you know being able to just maybe go out and grab a beer um you know on an off day or something just just little things um it, it's it's stuff you miss but I don't think it outweighs uh, getting to actually play hockey.
0: Brad, what about you? I know that you're someone who fans thoroughly enjoy, and it's not only because of what you do on the ice, but you're always one that if somebody wants to stop you for a picture or a conversation, you're always the first one to say, yeah, absolutely, let's do it.
1: Yeah, that's that's probably been the hardest for me is, uh, you know, like, did you do such a good job in the community, the, the team – You know pushes for for community interaction and uh that that's always one that um that I always would pride myself on is uh the ability to help out and you know go to school you know you know help a kid learn how to skate or or it's the Salvation Army around Christmas time like all that kind of stuff is is um it's it's unfortunate that we that we don't get the opportunity to do it this year because it's such a big part of my life but uh at the same time like Scarfy said like it is what it is at this at this point we just need to uh stay diligent about what we're doing here and uh try and keep um everyone safe and and stay in that bubble that we're that we're in so we can continue to to do what we love to do
0: what was the last road trip like because that was the first time you guys had extended time away from wheeling was that enjoyable was it still a little bit different
1: yeah you're you're still confined to your to your places they they give you a list of uh of restaurants just like we do for the away teams that come here it's a lot of a lot of ordering in food and and delivery services and and stuff like that and uh but other than that you're just you're just confined to uh to your teammates and and your hotel room so you know it it was good that the weather wasn't that great down there but uh that's kind of that's kind of how it goes yeah
0: yeah, that would have been the worst if you had gone to like a Florida or something, and it's ninety degrees outside, and you guys are like, oh come on, yeah. I, I want to go outside, please, like seriously.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we we didn't get that this trip, so uh, yeah, we'll see. Maybe we might get another self trip down, maybe get to the beach or something later on in the year.
0: There you go. That does it for segment number two of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour. Our Tuesday tradition continues at the 19th hole, and now Wednesdays on Fox Sports Wheeling. We'll take one final break and wrap it up with Brad Drobot and Ryan Scarfo on the Nailers Broadcast Network, presented by Main Street Bank. All right, final segment of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour, on 19th hole and Fox Sports Wheeling. We're with Brad Drobot and Ryan Scarfo this week, and uh, let's talk a little bit about apartment decor. Brad, I, I see you got some lights that you just put on in the background there. You still got the holiday decor up?
1: <laughs> yeah, those will be here until I leave in July. That's, <laughs> those those will stay up forever. It's just, it's just good style points, I think.
2: I love it. Yeah, it's great. It adds life to the apartment. You need it.
1: (laughs) You need it. It's lonely up here.
2: Ryan, what's over your shoulder there? Oh, that's just a portrait of my dog, uh, courtesy of my sister. It's a nice little Christmas present, actually. You probably get a zoom in on her. Oh, there you uh, go. Luna. Yeah, Luna. Yeah, she's a really happy dog. Very good. French Bulldog just turned two still crazy hopefully and i don't know maybe a couple years she'll calm down we'll see
0: (laughs) (laughs) there you go all right let's dive into what you guys did this summer in terms of your tv and phone habits i know that was one of the most popular parts of quarantine everybody had all sorts of shows that they were starting to rifle through or different games that they would be playing so what was your number one or even your top group of shows that you watched this summer go ahead scarf um
2: trying to think here I, I to be honest i'm not a, am not a huge show guy uh But I did watch a show called Little Fires Everywhere. It was on, uh, I think it was on Hulu, maybe. Uh, Pretty good show, but it was only one season, which was kind of disappointing because I think that ended in like the, after like three months of quarantine and then we still had seven more months to go. So I had to find (laughs) something new. Um, I tried to, I tried not to be on my phone too, too much, but I think... You know, you kind of just fall to that habit Because uh, there's not a lot going on And obviously uh, When the NHL came off for of the playoffs That was exciting So I would be watching that Because, you know, there was games pretty much every day For the first little bit um, And it was so condensed that it You know, there wasn't a lot of downtime. So I definitely spent a lot of time watching that And yeah, um, that's probably it for me Some, A lot of movies, I don't know Nothing crazy
0: any specific genre or movies, or just kind of find something and see if you like it?
2: Uh, I'm a, I'm a comedy guy. I like to keep it light, uh, especially in a time during during the pandemic. you got to keep it light. you got to find ways to laugh. So that was probably – that would have been my genre of choice. Gotcha.
0: I feel like it's interesting yep. you mentioned watching the NHL playoffs because I feel like in season, you guys watch it maybe more than some other sports. Like when I work, when I worked in baseball, they played the game and never wanted to watch any games after that because, like, we just played three hours. We don't want to watch three more hours of it. And I think like, I feel like you guys watch a little bit more. But did you watch it more this summer, having been away from it, than maybe you would had had you still been playing it? Uh, possibly, I think it depends on the guy
2: uh i know for me personally like i don't get sick of watching hockey i i actually like watching it um i just i'm just kind of a a fan of the game i guess i don't know <laughs> um so for me like i don't mind but i do have buddies that play and uh they they won't watch hockey outside of the rink like they just don't enjoy uh watching games especially during the season
0: are you more apt to watch guys you know or teams you like
2: hmm. uh, I would say a little bit of both uh, you know I've always been a Bruins fan just because I grew up watching guys that are still playing on the team um, and you know I have some friends on other teams that I would always root for so a little bit of both I guess gotcha
0: Brad what was your television put onto during the summer were you watching certain shows what did you dive into I went back to uh to a couple of my favorite
1: shows that i wa- i watched the sopranos again all the way through. I watched the wire all the way through I think I even got game of Thrones almost done wow Ooh. and then i did uh i did the I gotta Marvel- watch that. oh it's all time I did the Marvel movies all the way through how you're supposed to watch them like not chronologically but that was a little uh took a couple weeks of my my life so something to do
0: wow (laughs) that was good you got a lot into it what did you like yeah i I think you got me beat yeah (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) i got i got right into it
1: what did you like the most you know what that marvel series all those movies are fantastic i encourage anyone if they got the time which they should right now just to start crushing them and, and go through the order that that marvel intended you to watch them and it's pretty cool
0: did you have a favorite out of the series? I was always I was always a
1: Iron Man guy, but uh, you know, the Thor ones got got pretty good because they were pretty funny too, which I like. So uh, I, I think the Thor ones are probably my, my favorite.
0: Gotcha. Interesting that you go down that approach. And the league has the the partnership now with Marvel. Is it going to start making sense to you now when you see the different jerseys and maybe seeing <laughs> some of the rivals go against each other? Like, okay, now I understand the the whole. Feel of what these movies are all about, and I can actually get into this and know what they're talking about.
1: Oh yeah, for yeah for sure. I uh, yeah I was always a, a comic book guy when I, even when I was a kid, I, I enjoyed the, the comic books. But yeah, I was. Uh, I'm glad that they finally got on with with Marvel because I know that uh, that was a struggle for a while for a lot of these leagues to try and get in with Marvel. So they can definitely come up with some cool some cool jerseys for sure.
0: Ryan, is he giving you some ideas on things that you should check out? I Yeah, I think absolutely. I'm going to have to get that list of what order to watch in. <laughs> you mentioned in the first segment when we were chatting that you started to do some cooking with your family. What about different things like that that you may not have done? Did you end up picking up a skill that you maybe didn't have before or maybe that you're better at now than you were before?
2: Um Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I've I've cooked quite a bit over the last like three, four years, uh, you know, in college and then in turning pro, obviously you're, you're on your own completely. So I I enjoy it. And I think one of the nice things that, you know, we have that downtime that we can spend time cooking and stuff. Um, so for me, it was more about just cooking things that I wouldn't normally. Uh, my mom, you know, finds a bunch of recipes from different places and stuff. So it's just, just kind of finding ways to switch things up. So you're not eating the same thing all the time, but, um, yeah, I just learned like a couple different meals uh that I wouldn't maybe normally make um that are kind of a little bit more intricate than just, you know, some chicken and rice or whatever. Just just different things that actually aren't as complicated as you'd think. Um if you saw a picture of the finished product. So
0: Was there something that you made that you made you go, Whoa, that was better than I thought I could be? Um
2: probably more than, than comes to mind but there was one dish uh it's it's a sausage risotto that we made multiple times and um i just never get sick of it it's so good uh and we we throw like garlic and herb sausage in there and you can really use whatever kind you want you can you can do hot sausage or mild or whatever or mix the both both of them together so um that's one that i i definitely really enjoy and i i think i'm going to try to try to make it here at some point pretty soon.
0: How many times did make you make it
2: for I'll the boys? Have,
1: I'll I'll have Joe be down for dinner. No yeah, I was gonna say make it for the
0: boys. I'm eating oodles and noodles up here.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have you down for dinner.
0: <laughs> How many times did you goof up and have to call the pizza shop? Uh I, none. none. Oh, all right.
2: Yeah. Wow. Good yeah. success. Well right? when when my my mom's basically chaperoning in the kitchen and she's she's pretty good. Uh, so it it helps when you have a helper, but I mean, we'll see now
0: when I'm on my own and I'm trying to make it myself, I might be lost, but there you go. Brad, did you do anything during the summer that was a new skill or what's your cooking looking like right now? Mr. Oodles of noodles. (laughs) Yeah. My
1: my cooking is just meat and potatoes. Like you're not getting anything fancy out of me. I'm, I'm white rice and, and ground beef most nights, but, uh, I I actually DJ. I bought a harmonica. I was gonna try and learn how to play the harmonica. It lasted like I want to say maybe an hour and a half, and that thing was in the garbage. So, that, <laughs> wow, that
0: was
1: my that was my skill. I was gonna try. I I swore that I was gonna do something or gonna read a book or harmonica, and I ended up watching Marvel movies and eating noodles. So that's how it goes.
0: Was that your first venture into the music world? Most guys usually pick a guitar. You went for a harmonica. Okay. Well, I I looked it up online. The easiest instrument to
1: learn, and it was harmonica. So. Oh my god! I, I gave it a shot. For some
2: reason, I don't. For some reason, I don't. I don't believe that could be the easiest. Like, I feel like it takes a little yeah, bit of skill. I, yeah, to play you that. think,
1: right? But and, and affordable too. You know, we got to go with affordability. I think it would cost me five bucks. So. It 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 didn't sting so bad when I threw it in the garbage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just gave up on it, huh? Couldn't deal with it?
1: Oh, just, uh, yeah. I don't have that inclination. I don't have a musical bone in my body. That's for sure.
0: Uh, I give you at least a little bit of credit for thinking up the idea to try something. I tried. tried. I'm sorry it didn't get to the finish line for you, but that's all right. Ryan, uh, talk about your family here. Your mom's a teacher. What's that been like? Um.
2: Yeah. It's it's been. Uh, I guess the challenge, like in in a lot of professions. Um. You know, they were shut down for way back in in March when everything you know got shut down. They, I believe, finished the year remote. I think. Uh, obviously. Um. So that was that was definitely challenging. And I know being online was was hard for teachers just because. Uh. You know, in terms of just answering a simple question, it's maybe an email exchange or an online forum, and it's not just you know raising your hand in class or things like that. So uh, I'm sure at this point now they they've they've figured out a little bit of uh, ways to improve those types of things. Um, But yeah, uh, I know in talking to her, she she kind of misses just you know like we said the socialization aspect at school and. Um I think it can be frightening at times for teachers maybe who are are at risk that, you know, there's so many kids in the building and, you know, they have to show up to work to, to earn a paycheck. So I think it's it's been hard, but um you know, I, I try to be optimistic here moving forward that that things are gonna get better and and I feel for the kids too, because I think being in school keeps a lot of kids focused and and uh you know on a routine and and when you have that in-person learning where you you create those relationships with your your teachers and professors like i just think that's really important uh for kids so uh hopefully like i said things will get better and you know it will start to improve going forward
0: what grade does she teach and does she focus on one or two subjects or does she have the whole slate
2: uh so she she works actually in the science department um she she's moved away from the actual teaching Uh the last couple of years. She's a lab tech coordinator. Uh So she kind of has her own little office down in the science department and sets up all the labs for teachers and, and things like that. So um that's, that's kind of what she does now. And she used to work in special ed though, which I guess would be a kind of a, a variety of subjects.
0: Science has got to be an interesting one. I feel like, english or a foreign language could be somewhat easier on the uh virtual way math's got to be just a royal thorn in the side but science science could be interesting had she made any of the kids go out and get any supplies and maybe try and blow up the house
2: (laughs) well so part of the issue actually is um the uh the teachers actually being able to do labs because um because of all the hands-on and close contact um in a in a lab setting so i know for some teachers they've they've actually just canceled the labs and they haven't been able to do as much as they want to um and you know there's so many protocols with you can only have like maybe two or three people at a lab station you got to clean all the equipment and um so just just different hurdles that you have to jump that kind of don't make it as easy to to get those things done
0: gotcha so that makes sense brad how's the drobot clan holding up back in alberta
1: oh they're they're good my old man's just taking it easy and and my mom there uh you know as long as my old man could get out on the golf course he was happy so and (laughs) and my mom's just watching shows so uh, yeah they got it they got it pretty good out there um yeah they worked and get too badly affected um my old man does does stuff with uh with carpet and and flooring so um yeah it kind of got put on hold for a little bit and then uh it kicked right back up so they've been working pretty much all the way through it which was which was good for them so yeah they're uh, they're taking it easy my old man just waiting for the snow to go away so he can get back on the lengths
0: that'll probably be about <laughs> another six months away
1: Uh, I was gonna say he's probably he's got a while to wait. Maybe July.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we win the Kelly Cup. You get to go home. You're right in the start of golf season, and you're all perfect. What could be better? Exactly. There you go. Perfect. It's perfect. Outstanding. Well, I appreciate you guys doing our first virtual edition of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour. Big thanks to everybody for going out to the 19th hole and watching this. We hope that everybody enjoyed it and. For you guys, I want to say best of luck to you coming up this weekend as you take on the Indy Fuel for a couple more.
1: Thanks, Deej. Appreciate it, man.
0: Yeah, thanks, Deej. Happy to be here. All right, great job, guys. 7.05, the puck drops on Friday and Saturday for Wheeling in Indy. We'll have two more Naylor players next Tuesday at the 19th hole. You can watch it from 6 to 7 and on Fox Sports Wheeling on Wednesday. This has been a presentation of Naylor's Hockey and the ECHL on the Naylor's Broadcast Network presented by Main Street Bank.